Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Athlete Stories. Uh, we've got Noah Olson on today, but before we get into the episode, we got to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, the sponsors of Athlete Stories, X Endurance Sports Supplements. Um, X Endurance is one of the highest quality sports supplements in the marketplace, and they work with some of the greatest athletes, one of those including Maddie Rogers, who I believe just got second at the USA Weightlifting Championship, among many others. Uh, our other sponsor is Wadproof, wadproofapp.com. Um, Wadproof is used by Noah and myself. One of my favorite things about Wadproof that you can't just normally do when you film yourself is you can listen to music and film yourself. And I think Noah can agree. Uh, Wadproof is super awesome because after filming yourself, you can watch uh, your movements. You can do some movement screenings of your own. And um, it's one of the best ways that I get better. And I think a lot of athletes can get better by watching themselves. So check out wadproofapp.com and let's get into the show. Noah, how are you today, bro? What's up? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here with you for episode numero uno. It's going to be a good one for sure. I'm ready to bring the energy, sipping on some super coffee, which I'm not sponsored by, by the way. I just, um, and then I was thinking when you were talking about Wadproof, how much of a game changer is that, that you can listen to music or continue to listen to music while you record? I know I always have music playing when I'm working out and then you want to grab a video of yourself and that like having to make that decision totally kills the moment here because you usually want to video the heaviest lifts. Yeah. So you're like, all right, I'm going to do something serious here. I really want the music to kind of fuel me up, but I also want to get a video of it. So being able to do both is awesome. I know. And I agree. And I'm always one of those people that's like, you know, it's an EMOM or uh, every two minutes on the minute, some heavy lift, like Alex and I were just talking about those split jerks. And, uh, yeah. you know, your friends are like, all right, you ready? And I'm like, actually, no, I'm not ready. I got to pull up one proof real quick and do like yeah, a three yeah. second countdown because I need to listen to this song uh, because I need all the help that I can get. And then I totally. also would like to see how this goes. And so for me, it's always a process, but it's worth it. Um, yeah, man. But hey, man, thanks for diving on the first episode of Athlete Stories. Uh, I thought it was the funny pilot. because – go ahead. It's uh, the pilot episode. We'll see if we get picked up by anybody. <laughs> yeah, and if not, it would be a fun conversation. Um, you know, I was thinking because it's always uh, with you, like, last one, best one, last round, best round. And uh, today's the opposite. First, first one, best one. Um, Noah, so let's dive in. I think, you know, just for a context for the audience and for you – what I want athlete stories to be is, is more of a conversation than anything. Um, cool. But I'd like it to be a structured conversation where the audience uh, can get to know you um, somewhat on a timeline. So that's kind of, I think, how my questions will work is like, we'll okay. start from, from day one, right? It's the day one stories of your favorite athletes told by them. And then we'll get into, you know, your most recent stuff, competitions, uh, your current training, all that fun stuff. So with that being said... If you were to sum up your life story in like two to three minutes, what would that sound like? Holy smokes, <clears throat> man. Um, let's go all the way back. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island in 1991, May 3rd, Taurus. Um, yeah, man, I, let's see. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. We moved down to South Florida when I was two, and I've pretty much lived here ever since. I live in Miami now which is pretty awesome. I think that comes with a certain connotation when people here in Miami, they think party, beach, clubs, all that stuff. I don't engage in too much of that. Um, yeah. We're kind of 
were in like the Coral Gables area near the University of Miami, which is where I happened to go to school. Loved it. Thankfully, I ended up transferring there from Clemson University my sophomore year, and I found the sport of CrossFit shortly after moving here at Peak 360 with Guido Trinidad, and that totally changed my life. That was 11, almost 12 years ago. And I, even more importantly, met my fiance, Joanne, at the University of Miami. We've been together for almost nine years, engaged for a couple, hopefully officially tying the knot here shortly. Um, got a handsome, handsome puppy dog. He's laying on the floor, but I won't move my camera. I'll just show you the uh, <laughs> water bottle that has his face on it or my tattoo that has his face on it. But obviously he's all over the place. He's very important to us as well. But that's my life, man. I got uh, an almost wife, uh, a dog, and I work out. And that's that's the quick two to three minute summary. Um, we can get into more depth if you'd like to, but um, no, we'll just Warner, Rhode Island, Miami, and there we are. Yeah, we could wrap on that. If you, like. <laughs> you uh, so what what made you guys move from Rhode Island? I think that was like a dad's job thing, you know, pretty traditional. Had the whole family moved because dad got an opportunity down here, um, and just ended up staying all the way through. I really like it here, actually. It's I, I don't know that we'll live here for the rest of our lives, but right now we're really settling in. We've got a, a home that you can see parts of behind us that we really love. We're building, um, putting a pool in the backyard right now, which is exciting. So I think we'll be here for the foreseeable future. Yeah. What kind of pool is it? Are you going to have some type of lap structure to it or more like a chill pool? A little bit of both. I wanted it to be able to be long enough for laps, but we were kind of limited. Um, because 25 meters is, is pretty long. Like yeah. you go to a, a pool and you don't really think about it, but to put something like that in your backyard, you'd have to have a really big backyard. Yeah. Um, and ours is like moderate to small size. So we basically have it, it's 16 by 40 and a 40 foot length is about half of a 25 meter pool. So if I needed to and wanted to, a down and back would count as a single lap and I could yeah. get some swimming in. Sick, that'll actually be dope. Yeah, man, come take a dip whenever you're visiting Miami next. You know, you you can count me in. Um, awesome. I've been working on my swimming, so I can hopefully uh, fit in a little bit better than maybe a year ago or two years ago. Did, you, did we swim when you were visiting last? We didn't swim, um, but I swam a bunch when I came to Miami, but I have yet to make it to that pool that you guys go yeah. through. I ended up just going to Lifetime or L.A., it's uh we go to an apartment complex that I actually used to live in for a few years. And it's funny because there will be like a group of eight of us up there swimming like this week and none of us live there. And I always rely on the fact that if anybody ever came up and questioned us, I'd be like, I'm kind of an alumni. Like I used to live here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that counts, but yeah. Former yeah. room 112 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Close. Um, you, you mentioned you're not sure if you guys will stay in Miami. Where would you go? Uh, where have you thought about that? If you didn't live in Miami, where would you live? Um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of open to anything. I can do what I do right now from anywhere. And for that reason, we have moved temporarily a few different times. Joanne and I, we lived in Venice, California for about a year back in 2015 when the Grid League was uh, a thing. Some of the listeners may remember that. I mean, it still kind of exists, but um, lived out in Cali for that back to Miami. And then we've spent 
about two years in uh, one year chunks up in Atlanta, Georgia or Alpharetta, Georgia with training think tank. So we've enjoyed both of those places. For some reason, we always end up back in Miami, but if we ever had an opportunity that brought us anywhere else, we'd be open to it. Sweet. Uh, yeah. A lot of people, when they bring up grid league, they always say back when grid league was a thing. And, and then you mentioned, well, it's still a thing. Like, what do you think, like, how does it, how does it go from being a thing to not really being a thing, but it's still a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Somebody that is in the know that's listening to this knows exactly what we're talking about, but somebody that's not sort of like, what did he yeah. just say? Um, but yeah, so grid league was actually really, really exciting when it first came on the scene. This is back in 2014, 15, they announced this like team version of what we do of functional fitness essentially. And what was really appealing to me and I think a lot of the other athletes that were doing it was that it felt very professional, you know, um, prior to that competing at regionals and the games, it was kind of like all on you. There was no organization behind it. You chose whatever thing you wanted to go show up and compete in. You got yourself there, paid for your hotel, blah, blah, blah. This was like, there's a team owner. They're going to fly you places. You're going to wear a uniform. You're going to make a salary. And that was like, this is awesome. This yeah. is finally legit. And uh, so I think a lot of people were really excited. And in that excitement, it grew really, really quickly. And it was almost, I think, from what I heard from people, like got too big, too fast. You know, they invested a ton of money up front. And we like had a match in Madison Garden. It was amazing. And I'll always remember that. But shortly after, I think things started to unravel because they couldn't keep up with how quick their growth was. And now they've created little spinoffs like the Florida Grid League, which is still an awesome organization, but I think it's just not quite as large as the scale of when they originally kicked things off. What do you think the biggest difference between Grid League and uh, the CrossFit, the sport of CrossFit is? Um, I think it's just the, the format of what like a match is. CrossFit and even the team competition itself is testing all of the 10 domains of fitness right strength power endurance and all that but over the course of a couple of days a few days a good league match is whittled down to just like an hour where it's two teams going head to head as quickly as possible so it's not necessarily endurance across a few days it is endurance in that you have seven eight events in one hour so you have to be able to like run out, crush something, go recover for two minutes and get back out there and do it again. Um, and I think it was very exciting to watch, but because there was a pretty distinguished dichotomy between CrossFit and Grid League when it first came on the scene, you, you kind of had to choose sides. It's like, I'm loyal to CrossFit or I'm willing to take this risk and go Grid League. And people were kind of shunned from both sides. And I think if there was support all the way through it, be a thing yeah but it's kind of it, yeah. it makes me think of like nfl uh which would yes. be the sport of crossfit and, and then like xfl do you remember like uh i, I think it's xfl right yeah Where, i think actually the rock Dwayne johnson just get some ownership of the xfl i think they're trying to revive it it wouldn't surprise me but it's very entertaining it's it's you know they have like the real quick sorry go ahead good boy he wasn't happy about it all right we're back um 
Yeah. So like in, in XFL, like it's a shorter field, uh, just, it's a, it's a more unique approach, um, and more grittier, I remember that being like more aggressive. Yeah. Thinking yeah, yeah. People getting like flipped it's, and stuff. It's like, trash talking. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back to origin stories, you're, you said your dad moved for work. Um, your dad owns a gym in Miami, right? He does. Yeah. He owns CrossFit Winwood now. So short little backstory on that. What he was doing for work before was commercial real estate. He did that forever. That's what moved us down here. Eventually kind of got sick of like the nine to five suit and tie working for the man, traveling a bunch. And when he was kind of looking for his next thing, I playfully suggested a CrossFit gym. It was like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago at this point. And uh, didn't think the idea would stick, but it did. And that's his gig now. And he really loves it. He's, he's really happy doing what he's doing. So I'm glad that it worked out. That's sick. So is he owner head coach? Is he owner behind the scenes? I think a little bit of both. Yeah, he definitely coaches some classes. Um, but I wouldn't say like that that's his main role. But he seems to be doing well down there. Everybody seems to uh, love the whole setup. And I think they're thriving, which is great. That's awesome. Do you ever feel torn, like you're obligated to, to train there from time to time? I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and not necessarily obligation, like I'd love to, but it's, uh, I don't make my way down there as often because of the convenience of peak 360 is literally a one minute drive, if even from our house. Yeah. And, and down the Winwood, depending on traffic can be like 30, 45 minutes of a drive. So yeah. on occasion, when I'm willing to make the drive, I'll head down that way. But most days I just, hop in the backyard to peak and do my thing yeah and peak's great man peak's got one of the best training atmospheres at least for me uh that that i've been to and i've you know trained it at this point like 100 plus crossfit yeah. gyms um yeah you did your little road trip so you've got quite the uh array of experiences to pull from yeah i know it's like you get kind of spoiled after you drop into that many gyms you go into a new one you're like oh man like they don't have this and they don't have that. Um, Noah, what's your earliest memory in life? Jeez. That is uh, an interesting question that I wasn't expecting. Earliest memory in life, period. Um, I'm trying to think way back. I, it's funny. Some people I feel like are very quick to be able to pull up those childhood memories. I used to mess with my sister that she could like, she would say she could remember things from when she was a baby, baby. Um, but yeah. I feel like I always have trouble with that. I think earliest memory, some of the things that are coming to me is like school memories and elementary school up in Jupiter, which is like a little bit North of Miami. Um, playing lacrosse was, it are some earlier memories for me. That was kind of my, uh, my main sport that I did growing up. That's what I thought I was going to do forever um yeah i think those are those are some of the ones that are up there for me i remember the day that i realized i first wanted a dog i think i was like maybe eight years old and we went to see a movie and when we were leaving the movie theater in that plaza there was a little pet store and we went in and it was like i, I don't know i feel like i never had an awareness of dogs until that day and we went in the pet store and i saw a puppy and was obsessed and wanted to take him home so bad. And we, we didn't. And I remember just being devastated crying, <laughs> but from, from then on, my parents were like, okay, let's, 
we'll consider this. They were dog people. They'd had dogs growing up, golden retrievers actually. And so they said, if you really want to take some time, we'll find the right one. And shortly after we got Jake, who was our first golden retriever. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean. So you're, as a kid, what, like, what kind of kid were you? Were you, were you well-behaved? Did all your homework? kept quiet in class uh were you class clown were you somewhere in the middle yeah i i would say probably somewhere in the middle my mom would probably be the the best one to answer that question and i'm sure she would say i was misbehaved but uh not never to an extreme you know i think i've always been uh pretty can't think of the word i'm looking for here but if i ever like acted out or misbehaved it was like something super super minor in my eyes compared to what it could have been and i feel like i actually used that argument in my favor a couple of times i was like okay i did this but like there are other kids that do this yeah. and uh I, I don't know if it, that always worked out but i think uh for the most part did my homework played sports was pretty well behaved good manners i would like to think but again mom would probably have some opposition to that yeah you, i mean you're a pretty wholesome guy you're pretty polite uh, well, yeah, of course, where do you, like, where do you get that from? Is it from your parents? I mean, could, well, I'll, I'll preface with this. It's not the norm in Miami to be as, hmm. to be as like polite and wholesome as you are. And that's not a hit on Miami. That's just the culture, you know, I get that. it's a, yeah. it's a faster culture. Right. So yeah. where do you get that from? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I definitely think it's influenced from my family growing up. I, both of my parents are, are very kind and, um, thoughtful and polite and stuff like that. So I'm sure I got a lot of that from them. But I think that there were moments in my schooling experience from like middle school and high school where there were there was this uh, temptation to be tainted. You know, I feel like the in order to be cool where I went to school, it was kind of like I felt pulled to try to act a little more brash than I do now and kind of put on this front of somebody that I maybe wasn't in order to fit in and feel like one of the cool kids. I'm glad that I stepped out of that. I think I experienced a little bit of that when I first got into CrossFit as well. In a way, I felt like I needed to be tough and macho in order to fit in with the big dogs at the CrossFit games because I was just this like 21 year old kid competing against Rich Froning and Chris Spieler and all these guys. And I was very insecure. And so I put on this front as if I wasn't and got some negative feedback because of that from people. And when I finally dropped to the act, I think um, maybe six, five or six years ago, I feel like I was really able to step into who I am now. And like, it feels better to, be nice and kind and calm and smile and laugh than like try to be that macho man, tough guy that I thought I needed to be. Yeah. Let's, I want to talk about that for a second and then we'll come back to the, to the origin yeah. stuff. Uh, you, you are a nice competitor. Um, do you feel like that hinders you at all? It's definitely possible. There are a couple of stories that I could go to in that regard. Um, I, it's the first one that I'll, I can think of is the most recent at the games this year. When we were at orientation, I was chatting with Tia in the back. Like we had a, a moment of downtime 
and she came up to me and she's so funny. I, I love Tia. Um, and she was like, I, I won't use the the vulgar words that she used, but more <laughs> it was like, you had to be a savage this year and like no mercy, rip people's throats out. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I, uh, sure, I guess. And she's like, no, you need like, that's, that's what you need to tap into the next level. You need to like go out there and be angry and crush it. And it's funny. Cause I, I understand why that is a thought for people. My coach Max said that when I first started, that's how the whole happy but hungry thing came about. And like, I think I could again, fake it and put on a front and like try to tap into that, but it's really not me. Like it, there, there's not really uh, angry person or persona inside of me that I can utilize. And if I did, I feel like it would be really phony and I don't know if it would work out in my favor. Um, although I realized recently I'm, I'm going to be competing on a team at Wadapalooza with hey. my buddies Travis and Chandler. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but that being said, every time that I've had a conversation about that experience, I've, I've felt this aggression. Like when I'm texting Travis and Chandler, I'm like, I want us to freaking dominate and crush it. And like, I, I feel that feeling. And it's so strange because individually that's not innate. Like I, I can't really tap into that, but as a team, I just noticed this for some reason, I'm, I'm able to pull from that feeling. And I don't know in conversation with my mental performance coach, she said, that's because you're a giver, you're like an empathetic person. And so now that you've got this tribe, you've got your team that you can go perform for, it brings this other level out of you. So interesting little side note there, but yeah, yeah, I'm really, I mean, I, I was going to ask about that. Uh, I had heard that you were going to do teams, but I, I wasn't sure. Um, and there's some yeah. pretty there's some pretty fun teams coming to play at Wadapalooza this year. I don't even know who some of the other ones are. Do you? Yeah, I do. Uh, Rich, Luke, um, and I believe Angelo DeChico. Um, okay, that'd be fun. And uh, uh, you've got the Aussies. So uh, James Newberry, Con Porter, um, and um, Jay Crouch, I Jay think. Jay Crouch, maybe. yeah. Yeah. They're going to do it. Um, I, I heard think, the brothers might, like all three of them, which would be very cool. I've also heard Ben Smith and his two brothers. Oh, um, nice. So I, I think there's something unique about the three people teams. You get to put together some, like even like the three brothers and stuff like that. Like yeah. you can't really do that at the games. Um, right. So that's going to be fun. And I can, I can sort of empathize with that. Uh, obviously not at the elite level, but. I work out much better in partner workouts, team workouts, mm -hmm. because people are relying on me. Yeah. Um, when I'm in a tough individual workout, I'm like, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't do this professionally. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't need to do this. Yeah. I'm no already, yeah. Um, but no, I, you know, that's kind of been like, I think a, a part of the conversation over the past couple of years with, with the games is like, is, is Noah too nice to win? Like, is he going to eat people's heads off or not? You know? Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see if, uh, you know, if, if you can somehow take this Wadapalooza team mindset, um, you know, cause yeah. we had talked a little bit about like the happy, but hangry, you know, like clearly mm -hmm. there was something that, 
you know, you learned from this year's games or, or yeah, let's talk about that. Like what was your mindset leaving the games this year? Yeah, man, that's, that's interesting too. Cause the contrast between, <clears throat> so 2019 was my best year ever finished in second place was in the lead for a little bit, but uh pesky Matt Frazier came and <laughs> snatched me at the last minute. Um, but that year it, it's interesting because I was in a mindset of like, pure bliss and gratitude and happiness i had i'd had a rough lead up to that games and i tried to just go into it saying imagine this is your last year competing like don't leave here frustrated because you didn't win and whatever it may be go in enjoy it for what it is soak in all the moments as if it were your last and so that approach and finishing in second, in my mind, I was like, okay, that's how I need to approach the games. You know, I need to just like come at it from a place of gratitude and happiness and enjoy the experience and let that be my fuel. And so I kind of was in that same state this past year in 2021 at the games and just things weren't falling in my favor the way that they did in 2019. And so on the last day I was, I had fallen into that frustration where I was like, man, I'm in freaking. 10th place and I want to be in first like this is BS I, I don't want to go out I, I like I can't go out with that that joy and bliss and happiness now because I'm really frustrated I know I can do better than this and uh I did try to pull on a little bit of that I, I don't know if I would call it anger but just like like, like giddy up like aggression I guess yeah. would be the word and uh I don't know if it was like that that was what had me get my best finishes of the weekend, which happened to be, I think my three best finishes were the last three events of the games or the fact that the last three events of the games happened to be more CrossFit-esque, like the stuff that I'm pretty good at, GHD sit-ups, burpees, yoke carries, um, pull-ups, what else did we have? Handstand push-ups, deadlifts, like those just ironically might've been better workouts for me, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still like, finding out what works best. I don't know if it is that happy, but hungry guy or the happy, but hangry guy. Um, I've got at least two more years to figure it out. I, I have set the goal for myself to compete in 10 individual CrossFit games in a row. So this is theoretically my ninth season of that. Um, and then beyond that, I don't know. I am excited to potentially go team because there is that passion and fire that comes out in thinking about it. Um, so perhaps after 2023, we Huge. make a little transition into the team realm. We'll wow. see. That's crazy. Uh, I would say from a spectator's perspective, you definitely were, despite the workouts, you were more fiery on the last day of the games. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You, uh, you, you look fiery is a good word for it too, because it's not angry. Like <laughs> I can't use anger, but I can use like passion and fire and aggression, yeah. like fired up. Yeah, sure. you're, I, I would say you were still being like nice, Noah, like high fiving the, the judges and stuff, but you were more yeah. focused. Uh, high fiving them a little harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, so, uh, kind of going back a little bit, um, as a kid, you mentioned you played lacrosse. Did you play other sports? Yeah, I did. I played a little bit of everything growing up. I, I think I started with flag football, I remember that pretty vividly. Um, I played a year of soccer, a year of baseball. I played a year of tackle football and didn't thrive. Um, 
but then lacrosse was kind of my main gig. I was, I think from like age eight to 15, I was playing lacrosse and really thought I was going to go to college and maybe play professionally. My dad played in college. He was a two-time All-American at Brown University up in Rhode Island. Um, and then when I got to high school, we didn't have the high school that I was zoned for, didn't have a lacrosse team. And there was not, like South Florida lacrosse is not a big thing. So it was yeah. either transfer to another school and leave behind all my friends and go to this new private school that's far away and play lacrosse and keep pursuing that or find something else. And I decided to try to find something else. So I wrestled my freshman year and really hated it. I, uh, I was, I was bullied pretty hard to be honest by the wrestling team, which I think to them was like hazing, but bringing me in, like I was their little brother, but looking back, like it was too much. Um, and I think that tainted the experience for me. I also somehow did not like the individual aspect of wrestling that it's only you had only played team sports growing up and so being this one-on-one you either win or you lose scenario was very uncomfortable to me like too much pressure and uh it's funny now obviously fast forward 15 years from when I was doing that in high school I compete individually on the world stage so I don't know where that apprehension was back then um obviously very different sports but after wrestling i played uh water polo swam and dove a little bit and was okay at those but never like gonna be the best in the world at them and then when i found crossfit i picked it up pretty quickly had no aspirations as a kid even though i played so many sports growing up never really thought that i was going to be a professional athlete aside from maybe lacrosse if i was able to continue with that and so the whole crossfit thing was a pleasant surprise to me i was in school studying kinesiology, really wrapping my head around being like a professional sports coach for a football team or something like that. And then uh, the same year that I ended up graduating with my master's degree in strength and conditioning from UM was the same year that I qualified for the games for the first time in 2014. And so it was this very easy transition where I kind of fell into being a professional athlete. And I do the air quotes because like we said before, back in 2014, it really didn't feel like that because you were being like team power and free stocks. Yeah. Um, but six years later now, I'm, I'm making a pretty significant living off of it and really enjoying the process. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say you don't need to do the air quotes these days anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, there's kind of a common theme though, right? You didn't like wrestling um, that much. You didn't like uh, tackle football that much you're just not a an aggressive person I um, guess not and honestly I'm okay with that I think that macho man personality of me would challenge you on that years ago and be like no I'm tough but that's cool man I, I'm a big softy but I, I'm good at the stuff that I do do and yeah. enjoy so no I'm good I, I, for what yeah. it's worth I've I've seen you get aggressive like in a workout it like in your yeah. mind I've seen it yeah yeah place. I just have you ever been in a fight? Never in my entire life. Have, I don't know if I ever been in a fight. Say it again. Have you ever almost been in a fight? Um, I have had two moments that I can think of in middle school where, like, I didn't respond to somebody's aggression and, like, kind of felt like a. I don't know. You know the words that I could use there for not. Um. But 
I don't know. I, I'd rather take the high road. There was a kid that like, for whatever reason, came up during class and hit me in the back of the head with a book. And I just kind of like took it and didn't react. And then some other kid one time slapped me in the face. And uh, I, I there's just something about like, I, I don't know. I don't have that gut reaction. In fact, when I've like been around fights, they make me really uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see anybody get beat up and bleeding and like, yeah. no thanks. Do you think there's value to like having a competency in that though for self-defense or have you ever thought about that? Yeah, for sure. And, and I feel confident in my strength and I would agree. ability. Yeah, if, if I ever needed to, like if Joanne was in a situation where she needed me to defend her, I would have no hesitation in doing that. But I think that would be the only thing that I could see myself having to go to that place for. Yeah. Uh, which kind of comes back to this team, you know, like this uh, team yeah. mentality. Um, Being a provider, protector. Yeah. Uh, Jason Khalifa, not too long ago on the Savan podcast, was talking about uh, it would be cool to add some type of physical element to the games, right? Because it's physical preparedness, right? Um, yeah. uh, regularly. Like some sort of one-on-one. On one, like yeah, like wrestling. And I think, I think there was something like that. Um, the, the Spartan games yeah. I have seen. Yeah. With or what was that show? Yeah. That, um, uh, what was that show? the broken skull ranch who did yeah, that steve austin i didn't watch it but it I saw a couple episodes. my buddy tommy hackenbrook had won for a couple yeah, of years yeah, and I yeah. hunter won um but they had like things where there was a trench dug out like 10 feet long by four feet wide and one dude started at each side and you had to like wrestle your way past the other person. And the first one to like ding the bell one or like push somebody out of a circle. I get that. I could see that maybe being a part of it, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would rather see them add an element of some sort of physique to it, which I think would be kind of cool. Maybe both, but I don't know. I, I came in with a desire for aesthetics that was how I that was what I'd always worked out for, you know, to have muscle and be shredded and had to transition from the aesthetic to the athletic side of it, you know, more performance focused. Yeah. But I've always loved the idea of I'm I work out eight hours a day, five days a week. Like I want to look like that, right? So um I think it would be cool to be able to have some sort of physique components to CrossFit. You mean like a pose off? I don't know. I yeah, that that's like why I think it's not a part of it because I have no <laughs> idea how. Do it. I know you come from that world too, so if you got any ideas, holler at me. But um, um that yeah. would be so interesting. Uh, yeah, or like fans vote on like coolest looking aesthetic or so. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay ready just in case they do. I'm doing my pump sessions. Yeah, you're pretty much always ready. Um, hopefully, Castro watches this and maybe we'll get some feedback. But, um, so yeah, so you've never been in a fight. Have you ever been in trouble? Like, what's the most trouble you've ever been in? Um, I've definitely been in trouble. Um, 
there's one thing that I don't want to mention on here. I, I almost did, but I was like, ah, now let's not go there. But okay. um, anyway, <laughs> tell you off camera. But I I had a couple incidents in school, like high school, where um, some like drinking, partying stuff. Nothing major. There was there was one night that just came to mind with a couple of my best friends in high school where we decided to like egg some cars from a rooftop in a plaza and the cops came and we tried to run away from them and they ended up catching us. And like, that probably sounds a little uh, either more mellow to some people or crazy to some people than it really was. It was pretty minor incident, but just kind of silly stuff like that. Luckily, nothing serious has ever come up in that way. Yeah, I'm imagining your parents are pretty passive, like pretty chill people. Yeah, I, I think so, for the most part. I'm, my mom is a redhead, and so I think that innately comes with a, a little bit of fire. Like, you don't want to be the customer service representative on the other side of her being upset, for <laughs> sure. I've heard that phone calls. Um, but I don't know. I don't like to go that route myself. I'd rather be a happy-go-lucky dude. Yeah, and I well, I just say that because I think a lot of, like, uh, I think a lot of us get those characteristics usually from our parents or from our surroundings growing up yeah Um, totally so you know some of us end up being uh more aggressive early on and and some aren't and that usually comes from the the household yeah are you you, uh more aggressive more passive uh well these days i would definitely say i'm more passive um you get in a lot of trouble at, at our age when you're an aggressive person yeah. Growing up, though, uh, I mean, I was, I went to five different elementary schools. So, uh, a because lot of, of fighting. Misbehaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I grew up in like the ghetto pretty much. So yeah. I was the only like white kid typically, and I was the smallest one. So you kind of had to figure that out early on. Um, and then I started skateboarding in middle school, which kind of came with this like, skate or die mentality uh i i was arrested at 14 for like hitting a security guard with my skateboard if that gives you like an illustration of my of my mentality back then and so it's a little punk a little yeah like the opposite end of the spectrum from you you and i probably wouldn't have been friends (laughs) i don't know maybe not no i mean i was always like 14 yeah i would say i was always pretty nice and, and 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 friendly but um I just had a chip on my shoulder, I think, growing up. So yeah, and so did you definitely. Family. You're you're a sweet guy now, for I, sure. I I appreciate that. No, I think uh, in your past, I would say for me a, a radical change, and this isn't the Jared story. This is the Noah episode, but uh, was being saved. Like I think, yeah. uh, you know, giving my life to Christ and realizing like you, there are certain ways that I just cannot behave anymore, and so getting alleviating myself of that natural uh, aggression because like that was usually my default so fought a lot all the way through probably 22 23 years old so that's like that's one of the the pillars of christianity right is to like live your life like jesus and i don't think he was much of a fighter so kind of makes sense that you switch things up yeah it was it was tough i mean but uh now i'm chill i don't i don't think i've punched anybody in a good uh six seven years i don't know i'm not gonna try to remember the last time but yeah um, it's funny to say that like you get in a lot more trouble now for misbehaving like in in middle school you get in a fight you maybe get detention or something 
if you get in a fight now, you could get arrested. Like it, yeah. the, the uh, consequences are much more severe. For well, sure. You could kill somebody. I mean, like with or that, yeah. the power that you and I have, I mean, not that we're the, the rock Johnson or whatever, but like you could yeah. generate enough force to cause enough brain trauma to, to actually kill somebody. Yeah, that's no good. really scary. Like I was, uh, uh, I, I think I mentioned this in the past, but I spent a little bit of time in jail after my after high school uh, because I uh, was not the best kid. And yeah. I roomed with a guy named Chuck, and Chuck was in there for murder. Uh, but he he had gotten in a fight at a party and just punched the guy. And Chuck was jacked, but like looking back, yeah. Chuck was probably actually like my size or your size. You know what I mean? Um, but right. he, he was super jacked when I was 130 pounds, but, right. um, yeah, he killed somebody. And it's like, that made me yeah. think of fighting in a totally different mindset. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. Could actually happen. Yeah. Like That's crazy. Yeah. And it's self-defense too. But, but anyways, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. On the, you're on the right path. Yeah. Cool. I'll take it. It's funny as a, a you're good. pops was called. I don't know if that totally interrupted our broadcast. I don't even know how to get you back. I see you. So I think you just got to exit yeah. out of maybe your call or FaceTime. <laughs> I, it's funny. It's I'm doing this on my laptop. Let me boom. Gotcha. We're Go. back. Sorry about that. All good. Um, I know my dad was calling to, or was FaceTiming to show me his Gymshark Christmas package that he just got. I had asked them to send my parents both a bunch of gear. And uh, he said he got it in yesterday. And I was like, cool, FaceTime me tomorrow. I'll show me all the goodies. Nice. We won't hold yeah. you up too much longer. Anytime, uh, no rush. I can call him back whenever. Um, but yeah, so uh, where were we? Ultra violence. We can get away from that conversation. Yeah. Where, do you, where else do you want to go? I think we were kind of talking about like sports background, high school. Yeah. I, I think the whole conversation started with being uh, aggressive enough to win the games yeah. um I, that's, that's a, a side note i don't know where we want to go from here but i would love to be able to game as the nice guy you know and i mean i think justin did that justin's a super nice guy and yeah that's not to say that the guys that have done it before are not but to be the character that's like smiling through every event and kicking butt i think that would be really cool um and could be inspiring for some people like a kid like me back in high school and college that thought I needed to be a tough guy to be successful in a competition like that, me smiling and winning the games could be insp inspiring to somebody else that's like, oh, I can actually be a nice dude and have fun and laugh and I don't have to pretend like I'm some tough guy. So yeah. that would be really cool. And uh, I was talking to somebody recently, I was like, man, if I win the games this year, that's like such an ultimate life dream for me. And I, I really only want to do it one time, you know, just to check that off the list. I would win the games and then it'd be cool to go on like a world tour of just going to CrossFit gyms all over the world and interacting with people, celebrating with them, working out with them, and then just kind of fade off into the sunset. <laughs> I don't see you fading off at all, but uh, I get yeah. the, I get the analogy. Um, yeah. It, what do you think, like what do you think it takes for, for you to win the games? Like how, how does Noah win the games? Man, honestly, if I knew, I would have thought that I could have done it by now, but uh, 
obviously a ton of hard work. Like it's funny because I, my, I love my life. And I think to outsiders, like we had a, a guy helping us redo our closets inside. And I was thinking about his perspective of seeing me leaving the house at 10 PM or sorry, 10 AM kind of slow mornings, making breakfast, walking out the door with my dog, going to the gym, coming PM and like him thinking, man, how, how's living this life? You know, he just chills out, does what he wants, has his own schedule, works out all day. So it might seem like this very easy, privileged life. But when you, if you were to walk into the gym and see me grinding five days out of the week, um, it's not easy. So I think it does take a, a ton of hard work and dedication. Um, I honestly do think it kind of takes the right workouts. I know that's not always been the case for everybody that's won. Like, obviously, Matt, Rich, guys that have done it consistently, Tia can show up no matter what the tests are and crush it. But I think for me personally, as much as I hate to admit this, but I'm finally okay doing so, if there was the right lineup of tests where there's a movement maybe that would have hindered me is left out and there's a few things that I'm really good at that are put in, I think that plays a role. And if I were to show up on one of those weekends and just really perform well, execute well, recover well, then I could definitely do it. Um, so yeah, that's that. I'm, I'm here preparing for that moment. And if it happens, it happens. Amazing. If it doesn't, um, I don't think that I'll be like bummed out for the rest of my life that I never won the games. I, for a period of time, didn't even want to consider that as a possibility because I, I wanted it so passionately and I still really do. But I think that I've learned to shift my perspective a little bit and realize how much I've gotten out of this whole journey. And the fact that I have gotten onto the podium is something that's really special and I'll carry with me for a long time. But that's not to say, again, going back to happy but hungry, that I'm, I'm content. You know, I, I'm happy with what I have accomplished so far, but I'm hungry to do more. Really, there's only one more thing left to do. So yeah, I'm going to keep trying to do it. We, uh, <clears throat> I found this picture of you in a, in a publication. Uh, Alex, can you pull that picture up? <laughs> what, oh, baby. What, that's... <laughs> tell me about this. What publication has that photo? I don't even know. I think it was Box Rocks. I know I've visited it before for sure. I'm not ashamed of it at all. I love that photo. Um, <laughs> so that's the coolest version of me that there ever was. Alex, you can I want to be this guy. But that was my sophomore year of high school on the water polo team. I actually had the nickname Cutie back then, which... Sounds okay now, but as a high school boy, you don't want to be called cutie. You want to be like, uh, whatever it may be. Yeah, um, something more macho, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wrestled in the 112-pound weight class, and I couldn't have been much more than that in that photo. Uh, had the long, flowing locks, and yeah, man, that was that was me, and this is me now. So, man, since then, what is that? That's uh, 112 in high school. 15 years later, I weighed 208 after the games this year. So a, almost 100 pounds difference yeah. in that period of time and all just like natural growth, right? I got I got taller and I got bigger, but a lot of 
the hard work of lifting, power lifting, Olympic lifting, um, put on a, a good bit of muscle, which I'm happy about. Yeah, I would agree. What yeah. uh, what kind of student were you in in school? Did you did you like school? Yeah, I always liked school. I was not like the valedictorian or anything like that, but I was somewhere just below. Um, I remember being really passionate about kinesiology when I was studying that in college at UM. I had a really awesome professor, Wes Smith, that inspired me a lot. And I remember being like excited to go take his tests because I was so engaged with the material. I knew I was going to ace them. And I got like 100% on a lot of that stuff. And then the, there was a, a transition where I got really, really into competing. It's hard to balance being a full-time CrossFit athlete and being a full-time student. And so at the very end there, like I was saying, there was that crossover of like graduating, competing at the games. I started to uh, slack off a little bit in school. You know, I, I was like kind of just doing it to get it done at the very end and not as totally into it as I was at the beginning. But yeah, for the most part, pretty good student. I was, I used to be smart. Uh, I think on occasion I still can be, but a lot of the stuff that was up here has like melted down into my muscles. And uh, I don't know that I remember all the stuff that my master's degree got me. I'm sure it's somewhere in there. If you weren't competing, uh, what would you be doing for a living? Like I said before, I think my intention in going to school for what I did was to be coaching. I, I love sports. I've been in the sports world forever. So, um, and, I, and just like the human body and health and fitness in general. So I would have either probably been a sports coach of some sort, or I actually am pretty passionate about content creation. And like, I was obsessed with men's health in high school, that was the first magazine that like really spoke to me and talked about health and fitness and life hacks. I started writing a little bit of a blog back in the day on some of that stuff. So maybe I would have been doing something like that, you know, media creation, whether it was through written word or video and stuff like that. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Men's health used to be my jam. Uh, yeah. Right. Sometimes I'll read it now and you learn a little bit about the business world and it's, it's less genuine now that you read it. Totally um, know what you mean. It's like t the only 10 things you need to do for a core for the rest of your life. And those used to be like yeah. gospel to me. I'd be like, this is it. Then now I'm like, oh, it's one of a million core. Uh, oh, yeah. This is clickbait. Got yeah. it. Now I, I know. Yeah. Um, I actually ironically have a little a call this afternoon. Somebody finds out for a little Q&A action. My dream, because how much I love men's health back in the day, would be to be on a men's health cover someday. I don't know what earns you that right, but we shall see if anybody out there is listening and can get me on the cover of Men's Health. That would be epic. That's so cool. I, uh, when I was getting into health and fitness, I mean, we have a, a, a unusually similar like uh, like school career arc before the whole professional athlete thing for you. Um, <laughs> I had a goal of like writing a publication in a Men's Health while simultaneously being uh, mm. like a athlete in it not on it i never really had a goal of being on the cover um but like the you know what i mean where you'll read like a short both worlds, like super smart super athletic yeah. yeah i like that um still working on that but uh who knows um let's see i'm in a good word for you this afternoon yeah thanks man i appreciate that when you first start do you remember your first crossfit workout ever 
I do. Yeah, vividly. I feel like most people do because um, it's so different, right? It like kind of opens your eyes and it's either like very much for you and for that reason you remember it because it gets you hooked or it's very much not and that you remember it for that reason too because you're like, oh, it was terrible. I did this and this and this and almost died. Um, but it was actually, I remember the day because it was a 9-11 like memorial tribute workout back in 2010. So September 11th, 2010 at peak 360 and they had a uh, fight gone bad style workout which means it's five movements or is it four movements with one minute of rest I think that's what it is four one yeah something like that but um you do basically a minute of work at each of those stations before moving to the next and you do that for three rounds and we had like I actually have a photo I'll have to pull up. It was overhead walking lunges with a plate overhead. And that was, I, I, I'll try to send you the photo, but that was the first photo I ever had taken during a CrossFit workout. Um, I think maybe some box step-ups or get-overs, a couple other things. But I remember just getting my butt kicked and being like, I'm all in on that. Let's go. It took me like 10 years to get all in after my first CrossFit workout. Oh, really? Yeah, I think after my first one, I was like, I am as far away as possible from this. Yep. Yeah, um, I get it. I, You know, I trained bodybuilding, like no respiratory fitness whatsoever. Right. Like, uh, That's honestly, I, I love doing little, I call them pump sessions, but they're basically bodybuilding sessions nowadays because nowadays it's such a departure from that like, it doesn't really hurt. Sure, you get like a little bit of muscle burn. You finish the set yeah. of curls, like, woo! but it's nowhere near the suffering of CrossFit. So it's yeah. nice to depart from that for a brief moment and just yeah. get a sweet pump and call it a day. No, I, I really like, and I look back and this isn't anything against the bodybuilding world. I think like it's one of the toughest sports, especially discipline wise. Um, yeah. But the workouts that I thought were tough, you know, five, 10 years ago in bodybuilding of leaving a, an arm day and being like, ah, oh, I'm wrecked. You know? <laughs> and like leaving a, a, a day of doing three or four CrossFit, you know, the strength, the Metcon, uh, endurance or whatever, like now leaving, I'm like, I am truly wrecked. Like, this, yeah, yeah. this is actual wrecked, you know, like, whereas in the past, like, there's no, you're not laying on the ground, like after a set or anything, you know, right. like, 20 minutes on the Stairmaster was like, aerobic capacity back yes. then you know what i mean yeah. um Dude, i had one of those days on tuesday of this week so two days ago of just like fitness all day one thing into another where at the end of it i like my adductor was cramping i just had to lay on the ground like a zombie and like i was just smoked and i think i, I had improperly fueled accidentally on that day like did a ton of training, didn't really eat much, kind of went from the track into uh, a Metcon at peak and uh, it just destroyed me, which in the moment isn't a good feeling, but afterwards you're like, man, I really put in some work today and that yeah. kind of feels good. I can do anything. Yeah. Um, is your is your training pretty much ramped back up now? Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I wouldn't say I'm in like games prep volume or intensity the way that it was two months before the games last year uh the priority right now has been kind of rehabbing my shoulder which i know you're familiar with from your own shoulder and conversations that we've had which is going really well for me hopefully for you as well um and then aerobic capacity 
stuff. I feel like that's been one of my weaker areas at the games and kind of accompanied with that has been some weight loss. So that was where everything was. Now we're starting to get back into, in addition to the aerobic capacity, uh, doing some Olympic weightlifting again, adding in a few Metcons. So it feels a little more well-rounded getting prepped for Palooza. Good. When did you decide to do Wadapalooza? Uh, I, I, the day, sorry, Max is barking at our pool guy. Um, 10 years ago when the event was first created, I would say, is when I decided to do it this year. I love Wadapalooza. I've literally been involved in it since, um, yeah, this post was way cool. They posted this was back in 2012. Wow. And I commented, actually, Max, relax, please. I remember when Guido and his business partner, Steve, who were the founders, were having the conversation about creating an event and trying to come up with a name for it. So um, when they said that it was back on this year, because I think they canceled it last year, yeah. I, was, I was all in. I wanted to... Max, hey, come here. It's okay. They're building you a pool to swim in. Be nice. <laughs> Come here, Max, come. You want a treat? Come here. I think that's negative reinforcement, but we need to get him to uh, All good. pipe down. Lie down. Oh, good boy. Stay here, okay? I'll keep these on hand. Um, <laughs> anyway, been doing it for a long time. Really wanted to compete individually this year because it is the 10th year, and it's my 10th year doing it. Max, my coach, was not so keen on that idea because he didn't want to rush the shoulder rehab. He felt like it was going to be cutting it a little close. So his compromise was, you can go team. That'll give us a little bit more time to focus on what we need to focus on. You don't have to necessarily taper back as hard on whatever you may be doing in training to compete in a team. So that is that. I'm what, do you, what do you think, like, because Travis and Chandler could, could go individual as well. Uh, why do you think they did team? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's interesting to find athletes' motivations. Some people, the CrossFit games are everything and the only thing. And I was very much like that for a while. And so kind of cut back on doing a lot of other competitions just to be able to focus time and energy toward the games. Um, and so that might be a reason sometimes that people will compete team because they want to go be on the stage. They want exposure for their sponsors. They want the practice of like going hard, um, but don't necessarily want to alter all their training and experience like the, the highs and lows of competing as an individual. Um, so it's kind of like a little middle ground there of not just saying no completely, but also being able to focus on the bigger picture. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you brought up Max, uh, your coach with training think tank how'd you get connected with well how'd you get connected and then how'd you choose training think tank right because there's a lot of great yeah. camps and coaches out there yeah for sure um guido trinidad who i don't think i mentioned at some point in our chat was one of max's athletes back in the day so i had met max through guido when he had come down to do a little camp here we got along well enough, like just had kind of some baseline level conversations, but I was working with Dusty Highland at the time and wasn't in any need of uh, another coach at that point. But after the games in 2016, 
I didn't do as well as I wanted to and felt like I really needed a change, like something new and fresh to get excited about and sink my teeth into. And I was pretty burnt out at that point in time. I think back in like 14, 15, 16, I think it was all about volume, 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 and not necessarily in a smart way. People still do a crazy amount of volume now, but there's a little more structure and thought behind it. But back in the day, it was just like, work out until every day is like Tuesday was where you're just zapped on the ground. Yeah. Um, and so I was a little bit burnt out physically and Max just seemed very empathetic to that. Like wanted to heal me first before we jumped into training aggressively. Whereas a couple other coaches and programs that I had done a little trial with at that time, we just went full steam ahead from the very beginning. And I felt like it just kind of buried me a little deeper so uh, Max kind of helped dig me up a little bit and then build from there. Yeah. I and it's been great. It's still my coach. Yeah, Max is an incredibly intelligent and creative person in general, let alone coach. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. The, just, I don't know, out of left field here, Dubai CrossFit Championships is going on right now. Uh, have you ever done, the, have you ever gone to, done Dubai? I'm the champ, man. I won back in 2015. Um, it's been a while, but yeah, I, I kind of won and done that one. It was a really cool experience. Like traveling to Dubai to go compete in CrossFit sounded really cool. So I went out and did it in 2015. Was fortunate enough to come out as the winner. And honestly, that competition probably changed my life more than any other had financially because I left there with $82,000 or something like that. And I was, it was 2015. So I just graduated college, paid off all my student loans, put a little money in the bank, got my first apartment and was able to really now start kind of yeah. focusing on being a full-time athlete. So that was pretty cool. And people have asked me why I haven't gone back. And it's like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the experience for what it was, but Dubai to me feels like one of those places that you kind of only need to experience one time and I'm good. Have you, that's, that's a really cool story. And I, I can see like going out on a high, you know, like, uh, yeah, what, why go and take that? Have you watched any of the, or I mean, have you seen any of the coverage or where the leaderboards at so far? I just, when I woke up, cause I think, I don't know what the time difference is, but they uh, were probably competing while we were sleeping. I saw that Ricky Garrard won the first two events, which is interesting. That's a, uh, a unique storyline to watch play out, you know, his first big competition yeah. back after the drug ban. Um, more so, I'm excited to see Sarah Sigmund's daughter come back. She's a friend of mine. She's also coached by Max now, and this is her first competition back after, I think she said almost two years yeah. of a couple injuries, and she's a beast and a fan favorite. So it'll be cool to see her get back into her groove. If you were to pick top three men, top three women, what who do you think it is? Hmm. Uh, men. I think Roman Krenikov always shows up and kicks butt. Unfortunately, it's never been at the games. I'd be really curious to see what he could do out there. I think he'd do well. But I, I think he'll be somewhere in the top. Um, I would love to say Willie George is, but I think he's just coming off an injury and a surgery. So I don't know if he's like quite ready to crush everything yet. Ricky might be up there and I, I don't necessarily have any opposition to that. It's tough. I always, there's a little part of me that's bitter because the 
year that he won, I was really close to the podium myself. I think I was in second place going into the final day and we kind of had opposite experiences. I, I fell off a little bit, whereas he was able to step onto the podium and have this glorious moment that then was kind of taken away for cheating. But um, I, uh, he served his time and hopefully he's clean now. And if he's successful, good on him. Um, on the women's side of things, like I said, I think it would be awesome to see Sarah do well. Uh, it's cool to see Samantha Briggs still hanging with the, and, and Kristen Holta. They're both yeah. older relative to the field and they're still both very successful which i think is inspiring and on the opposite end of that spectrum gabby mcgala mcdala i don't know how you pronounce it but she's kind of on the rise right now she crushed it at the games and rogue and so i think she's got a little extra attention on her so those are kind of the names that i'm looking at oh jeff adler i bet he'll be on the podium he's getting pretty good at this crossfit stuff yeah he's i think he's eighth or ninth right now but the, the next workout is a clean and jerk which i imagine he'll win yeah. Um, which I think Willie George, George's will do pretty well in that one as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, let's see how his shoulder can hold up for a, a big heavy jerk, but actually, yeah, I haven't seen him do any overhead stuff to come to think of it. Um, but he posted something about it. I clicked view translation on uh, Instagram and it roughly said something like shoulders, not 100% ready for everything. But what did he say? It was kind of funny. He said, sometimes it's not the, uh, not the fittest person that wins, but the craziest person that wins. And I'm ready to go like all gas, no brakes. So that's who knows. Awesome. He doesn't hurt himself. It'd be cool to see him lift some big weight. Yeah. I'm excited to see the uh, recaps and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you talked a little bit about like 2015 Dubai CrossFit championship, changing your life financially, um, which I think created somewhat of a runway for you to pursue the sport um, full time and, or to continue to pursue the sport full time financially. Uh, do you think that becoming like a professional or a celebrity CrossFit athlete that you are, do you think that that com confuses things? Do you think it's become more difficult to pursue training in the same way that you were five, six years ago today, now that you have obviously responsibilities as a brand ambassador, sponsored athlete and a celebrity with an audience now, you know what I mean? I do. That's been a a battle, I guess, no, no, not really a battle, but there, I could see both sides of it where <clears throat> Max before for a long time was very rigid in like, all of that is a distraction. Like training is the only thing that matters. I think he's evolved a bit in the last couple of years and realized that, Hey, that's a part of the gig, you know, building that brand allows you the time and experience to be able to pursue this full time. So it is worth it. You know, it's necessary. Um, but it's funny for me because I do, I was mentioning earlier, like I have this creative side of me that I feel like I've kind of suppressed over the years just to focus on training. So I think eventually it'll be cool to like, when trying to be the fittest man on earth is not the priority where you have to give everything to that, whenever that may be, it'll be cool to allow some other things to kind of come to the forefront and create content and collaborate with other athletes. Like, I enjoy that stuff. I think it's fun. I get excited about doing it. Um, but for sure right now, I, I know that the priority has to be on training and that's kind of like the, the bonus if I've got extra time stuff. Whereas in the future, maybe it'll switch sides or be a little bit more balanced of both. Yeah. Um, 
but that's actually that's like a huge part of my purpose i feel like is it, it makes me excited and inspired to be able to do so for other people to get people excited about health and fitness and inspire them like i want that to be part of my purpose and story and mission and i recognize that social media plays a role in that do you have uh like a mission statement like a personal anything like that i, I don't have like a, a go-to written down one um maybe I should after this, I already got some, some brainstorming going on up there, but yeah, I think I want to be the, the best version of myself in many facets, physically, spiritually, um, in terms of being kind and happy. And I want to inspire other people to do so by my example. So I think living a life that falls in line with that feels fulfilling to me. We talked a little bit about, uh, spirituality already and I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever actually asked you this question if it's too personal let me know but are you a believer or what like where do you fall uh, yeah I'm happy to answer that and and I'll be totally honest I am not in the sense that I your definition of believer does that mean like you have given your life up to Jesus and yeah, you're yeah a Christian yeah. yeah um so I'm I'm not all the way there and I'm not opposed to it at all. And there's a part of me that kind of like, kind of wants to be. And I've, I've explored that for years now. I didn't grow up in church at all. We, we didn't uh, practice really any religion. We celebrated Christmas and Hanukkah, but that was about it. Um, and in the last like five, six years, I've got some really close friends, Guido Trinidad, Bijan Haravi, that are very, very faith-based. And they've kind of in not that they've encouraged it at all, but just seeing how much it has changed their lives. It's made me curious and open to it and want to explore it for them, you know, out of respect to understand that world. And also for me, just because I'm curious, like how could something that's changed somebody else's life so much and means so much to them not be present in my, in my life at all? Um, so long story short, I've gone to church a lot over the last few years. It was Passion City Church up in Alpharetta, Atlanta, Georgia. Love Louis Giglio and Brad Jones and that whole team there. And I learned a ton from them. And then Vu Church down here, Rich and Don Cherie Wilkerson. And I've had so many moments where I've been like, you know, at the end, they everybody bows their head and closes their eyes. And like, if today is the day that you decide you want to commit your life to Jesus, raise your hand, hands are going up all over the room. And I've been like, uh, like, uh, I feel like that message resonated with me, but uh, I just have never gotten to the point where I've been all the way truly there. And I want to, if I, if I ever do say that I am, I don't want to be like, yeah, I think so. I'm just going to yeah. go for it. I feel kind of phony. I want to be like really passionate and excited about it. And maybe it'll happen someday. Maybe it won't, but, uh, I've definitely learned a lot and I think become a better person in general because of it. Yeah, I, I would say that the Christian community would appreciate that you being genuine about it, or at least Jesus would. You know what I mean? Like, um, I hope so. I, mean, I, I know that that could be a turnoff to people. They're like, oh, he's not a believer. He's not my guy. Then sorry. Yeah, but well, they'll have I want to do it in a way that feels real to me. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, it's like uh, it's a relationship between you and you and God. And so, um, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but I think a lot of people that do, like for me, for example, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, it was because I was in uh, one of the lowest seasons of my life, you know, 
and yeah. I wasn't happy-go-lucky or kind generally. Like I wasn't the worst person in the world, but so I think like rock bottom is one of those places people truly experience and, and you yeah. do a pretty good job of like being a pretty good guy. So yeah, um, hopefully that, it's not that scenario. Yeah, no, I get it. Thank you. And, and that's interesting that you mentioned that as well, because I've had that thought before, like, man, my life is amazing right now. I love, love, love the life that I live and I'm so blessed. And if I have all of that technically without being a believer, like, I, I don't know, not, not do I need it? Cause I, I would be definitely open to it. And if it's going to enhance what I already have beyond what I could even imagine, then that's awesome. But yeah, that's, that's just been an interesting thought that I've had before because I, I'm not in a place of desperation where I'm like, I need something yeah. to turn things around for me. I haven't gone there for that. Well, you know, offline, you can always reach out to me if it's a conversation. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Cool. And I'm, I'm definitely open to having the conversations. I'm so curious. But yeah, I always thought about that too, because I'm like, you know, Guido, uh, you're always around Guido and the man is uh, a part-time pastor, full-time yeah, gym owner. Much. Um, what's it like training with, with Travis uh, and then competing with him at the same time? And there's, you know, I would say there might be, you know, you've got Chandler too, but you don't necessarily train with him full-time. Um What's that like? I mean, does that feel like a conflict of interest to you? No, it really doesn't. I definitely understand why it might seem that way, but I think we're best friends when we're training and we really want to push each other to all be our best. And then when it comes time for competition, it's kind of like, because it's not really you win, they lose scenario. There are a lot of other placements in between and there's no like offense defense doesn't matter how they do it only matters how I do for me so it's kind of like on the games weekends we just kind of we're, we're still friendly with each other we're not maybe best friends hanging out goofing off having fun because it's more serious but I'm not like these guys are my enemies and I don't know I, I uh I'm glad that that's the case and it's funny because Chandler actually recently moved up to Boston. He's been working with the comp train team for about a year. And I was kind of honestly a little hurt by that decision, which I shouldn't have been. That's very selfish of me to say, but I had encouraged him when he was deciding where to go next, that man, we would love to have you here in Miami. I'd love to train with you every day, hang out with you, like build our friendship. And we didn't, he didn't really give me a lot of feedback. And then all of a sudden made that decision. And I was like, dang, that kind of hurts. That stings. And later on, he said to me, I was afraid to say it then, but I was scared that us training together every day would kind of ruin our friendship. Like it might get a little competitive and make weird. I didn't want that. So that's like part of his decision. Yeah. Um, I will mention this though. I said to him the other day when we were talking about team stuff, I said, dude, when, uh, when we're both done competing individually, if you still are open to the idea of it, it'd be pretty cool if you did move to Miami and we became teammates for CrossFit games and could dominate that for a couple of years together. So maybe that's in our future. We'll see. That would be sick. What two girls yeah. would you want? Uh, if you could just, <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I feel like somebody asked me this the other day. Uh, and I, there was somebody that came to mind immediately. And I was like, oh, wow, that would, she would actually be really, really good for a team. Um, 
I can't remember who I'm thinking of right now, but I think we're actually in the CrossFit games space about to see this crossover transition that happened back in 2014, where like a lot of the guys that are maybe mainstay household names are going to retire out of individual and a bunch of newbies are going to kind of come in on the women's side as well, probably. And I think you'll see a handful of them go team. Maybe Sarah Sigmund's daughter would be open to the idea of it. I think she'd be a a beast as a teammate. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Open to inquiries. If there are any ladies out there that have a two year plan of wanting to go win the games as a team, holler at your boy. Yeah, I I agree. I think in two, three years, the team dynamic is going to be wild. Yeah. Um, What, what was your favorite workout from the games this year? My favorite. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the first two that come to mind are the, the yoke carry thing. I liked that. I know a lot of people didn't like that event because it was like so short and almost easy, but I liked the pleasant surprise of like smashing people's and especially Dave's expectations on how that event was supposed to go. We all assumed it was built to be a four rounder. And so on one to be closed, what's happening right now? Is this, am I doing it right? Um, And that was just like a cool experience. And it was the first of my deciding to like pull on a little bit of that aggression and it paid off. So that was rewarding. Um, And I also really enjoyed the squat clean run events, the heavier version of it as I hit all of my weights, I, I cleaned 350 at the end really cleanly, and that got me pretty fired up. Yeah, that was sick. What about Rogue Invitational? What was your favorite workout from the Rogue Invitational? Like watching this year, I didn't participate in that one just because of my shoulder. Um, I, yeah, they were all pretty cool. I think the most exciting, thrilling one was that thing at the end, like the short, fast. What did they have? Double unders, snatches, and then sprint, put the sandbag up there. Yeah. There was still little room for error there i think that one was pretty cool to watch yeah that one was my favorite too i think probably everyone's favorite uh you know we'll we'll wrap up here in a minute i want to do some rapid fire questions uh, just a handful of random stuff that i enjoy uh noah what's your favorite cereal hmm it's, uh, I think, not a common one, but Golden Grams hey. is one of my favorites. Golden Grams are like the more mature version of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. It, it basically is Cinnamon Toast Crunch without the cinnamon sugar on the outside. Yeah. What uh, What was your favorite cartoon growing up or now? Hmm. Your cartoon growing up. I was a big... Oh, Rugrats. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Like big Rugrats even as you got a little older, like, no, I, I, I wasn't a big cartoon watcher, like Dragon Ball Z or anything like that. As I got older, um, I, I transitioned to like the Disney channel, Disney channel originals, like Zach and Cody and Brink <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Johnny Tsunami, all those Xenon girl of the 21st century. That was my jam. Yeah. Um, pizza or tacos. Dang. I love them both. I would say tacos just because it's a little more sustainable. Pizza is like a 
every now and then cheat, but we do like a healthy version of taco night every Tuesday here. Yeah, you could eat tacos every day and stay shredded yeah. if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, if you could put anything on like a big blank billboard over the busiest street you know, what would the billboard say? Oof. Work hard, have fun. I think that's kind of like a, another iteration of happy but hungry, just kind of inspiring people to be motivated and driven, but really enjoy the process. I love it. Uh, speaking of hard work, when you think about your CrossFit career, or really everyone, right? We can look at some of the some of the some of the greats, right? The the riches and the mats, and even like the Vellners and Fukowski's guys like you that have a long history of staying in that top 10 on the leaderboard um, over years. How much of that do you think comes down to like hard work and how much do you think is genetics? Um, like just having a pre-existing ability uh, or. Yeah. Ability. I, exactly what you mean. I think it's a good bit of both, right? I think you it's necessary to have the genetics to build on to be successful because you'll see a lot of people that don't have the genetics but work crazy hard and unfortunately will probably never be successful but you also can't rely on your genetics if any of those guys and i think brent is maybe a, a good example of that his genetics are not super built for crossfit and he's worked really really hard to to happen to be successful uh it's a good but hard work is probably a little more important, maybe. So you would say like 51, 49, or are we saying like 80, 20? I don't know, man. Everybody's different. Because again, I know some people that are like some of the hardest workers in the gym that I know, and I love them to death, but they're never going to make it to the CrossFit games. So they're like way more hard work, way less genetics. Yeah. But then there are guys that have crazy genetics, but don't dedicate themselves to it and also will never make it to the game. So probably 50, 50. Okay. Um, ah, no, 51, 49, because hard work for sure wins. Got it. Uh, last but not least, Noah, how do you want people to remember you? Hmm. Uh, I used to, I actually had like that sentence. I used to want it to be as a good dude. And then uh, Josh Bridges and Rich Froney and Dan Bailey kind of snagged that phrase as their own good dude's coffee. And uh, <laughs> like, All right, I gotta probably change that up a little bit so I don't get copyright infringement. But um, I think in general, yeah, somebody that was <sighs> carried an unshakable joy, you know, just like really able to carry joy and spread that with them no matter the circumstances but also somebody that like worked really hard and was very driven and passionate about what they did and was a, a provider you know that we've talked about that already like that i want to really be my legacy is my family really living a, a beautiful life um we're not quite all the way there in like the family building phase of our lives yet although we are starting slowly down here so um, those three things are all important to me, family, joy, and passion, dedication, hard work, whatever you want to call that last tier of it. Love it. Hey man, do you have any, any comments or, uh, anything for the, for the audience, anybody watching, listening? Uh, 
thank you guys for listening and watching and your time there. It's hard to believe sometimes that people can listen to me and you and whoever else it may be, have a conversation for over an hour and enjoy it and get something from it and be engaged with it. But if you guys did, then it makes it, if, if one person got something out of it, then it makes it totally worth it for us. So I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for jumping on the first episode of athlete stories. I think we kicked it off and this is a ton of fun for me. Uh, we'll wrap it up for the audience. Thanks guys for watching, listening, make sure to leave a review, subscribe, share this with your friends, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Love it. Thanks Jay. Thank you.